Hi guys, and welcome to another Chef Life podcast with me, Alistair. Today we are back at the beautiful Bear Kitchen, or awesome Bear Kitchen, as you say, with Ben, founder, co-creator, head chef, top bod. Yeah, that's um, it. So hopefully you guys will have heard our first podcast with Ben the middle last year. Yeah, it was like September time, I think. Yeah. So yeah, we're back again uh, to hear a bit more about Awesome Bear Kitchen news and also discuss some, some stuff about the industry. and. Yeah, well, it's... It's quite interesting right now, isn't it? Yeah. You know, um, so we're into 2024. Uh-huh. Bear Kitchen now is heading well into its seventh year. Nice. You know, so you're talking, yeah. you know, established. It's, not, you know. it's nice that. So we're seven years, in terms of mine and Jennifer's ownership, we're seven years old in July. So, yeah, we're about the same age. Yeah, give or take, really. I yeah, think we're we've trained for pretty much that amount of time as well together, aren't we? So, yeah. yeah, and that's it. So that's been awesome, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, seven years in, and, you know, by this stage, I was planning to be there, feet up, you know, Marbella, loving, living the dream. <laughs> uh, nah, not, not really. <laughs> well, sort of, but, yeah. you know, it's been a crazy roller coaster, and I think that's really, you know, what, what I wanted to sort of talk about a little bit today yeah. uh, was what's happening with hospitality yeah um so you know have you found it so you got out of covid covid was quite good for you in terms of revenue i suppose so in some ways it was actually very up and down because we had we had during covid we had a number of closures so we had to shut down you had to if people got it so that meant that we were sort of some bits were open which we were doing well some bits we were closed we did a lot of good work during that period. Yeah. So really, what it, it sort of leveled itself out, yeah. you know. Um, and off the back of COVID, we opened up the restaurant, yeah. expanded a little bit on the premise that we were going to come out of it. It's going to be like the Roaring Twenties again, yeah. you know. Everything sort of, you know, in cyclical, one hundred yeah. years fashion. Nice. Um, and then we entered into the cost of living crisis, mm-hmm. um, which. I would say is having a much more drastic effect, really, specifically on hospitality than than maybe COVID did. Yeah, uh, there was a lot more support with COVID um, from government and things like that, and yeah. I think also people. Yeah. you know, you know, so it was a, a different time. But we're into cost of living, um, and we're into 2024, and we opened our doors on the third with a swathe of restaurants that I have grown up with or known yeah. about or have been, you know, spotlight independence yeah. restaurants that are closing down. Yeah. You know, this isn't, we're not talking about one or two. This is a huge number. And, you know, some of these are long established. You know, Rimmer's Place in Manchester has been there for 33 years. Yeah. You know, this isn't, it's not somebody who's been playing at it, who's thought, oh, we can, you know, I've been doing it for a couple of years, we'll have a go. This is somebody who intrinsically understands the industry yeah. and is on TV every week. Yeah, yeah. You know, it yeah. sort of like has got the publicity to go along with it. And you've got all the other, you know, got all the other people behind that. You've got the Master Chef yeah. uh, guy, uh, Rod, Tony Rod, yeah. his restaurant, uh, Copper and Ink, that's gone. You've got a place over in Beverly, uh, the Pig and Whistle, Whistle yeah. that's, that's gone. Yeah. Uh, you've got a, a couple of places down in Cardiff. You know, and, and these are independent, high-end, yeah. like good quality, people who care, who are passionate, who love the industry, who are unable to sustain it anymore. Um, went into Christmas, I think, um, and really thought we, there was this view that, you know, 2023, Christmas, okay, first post-COVID properly, yeah. Christmas. Yeah. It's going to be a boomer. Yeah. Didn't happen. Yeah, same for us. It just did not, and that's for us, but across the industry. I think we're talking about between 30 and 40% down from what I've been talking to people. I know that's how I... That's our numbers of 30% down. Which is unsustainable. Yeah. Um, And, you know, there's lots of reasons why this might be happening. I think primarily you're looking at sort of its consumer confidence. Yeah. And it's the ability to spend. You know, people, when they're asked, well, we're going to cut back a little bit. Yeah. You know, you're going to cut back on maybe a holiday or a trip, going out to eat, yeah. you know. And that sort of style of, um, of spend, we've really seen a reduction, you know. And the one thing we saw as well was large parties, bookings of 2025, yeah. which for us takes up a huge amount of our space, you know. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. You're, you're pretty Not much getting almost like a, a <laughs> private dining room at that level. Um, you get that, 
And that number, you know, the day before, it's like, oh, there's only seven of us coming now. It's like, what's, yeah. what's going on there? You know, we're not talking about one or two. It's like, yeah, people just can't afford it. So where do we go? Where do we go from this? You know, you've got all these businesses coming into this year. They're going, there's no point. We're going into fallow time now. This is yeah. January, February, March. You've got to build it all up. It's tough. It, it's, it's really, really tough. Our, our numbers have been, so we deal with, if you think, we have quite a good cross-section because we've got some cafes, you know, sort of value entry eatery. You've got some really nice coffee shops. Uh, places that you'd, you'd take a friend for, for a bite to eat on a Saturday or whatever. Places like yourself, you know, funky out there, doing some in, interesting things with food. Really nice local restaurants, nice pubs, all the way through to Michelin. And across the board, give or take, everyone saw. We just, it just didn't, just didn't come. It didn't happen, did it? No, not at all, not at all. And it's, it's interesting seeing the fallout in Jan Feb. Like, my guys are working very hard, including myself, to try and get the business in but there isn't the business to be had necessarily or you just rob and peter to pay for you know we're taking business off x supply and that's not our game our game is trying to put new ingredients and yeah you know working relationships but again they're like you guys we've, we've got to pay the bills so it's um yes yeah, it's, it's very difficult it's the most difficult i think we've seen it and we've been at this like say nearly seven years yeah same yeah. you know it, it's it's the same um we have to look from a restaurant point of view, you know, obviously your business structure is is probably quite different to ours, yeah. you know, in terms of the sort of breakdown of things. But in terms of a restaurant, you know, and I think it's important to people to sort of understand really sort of the, 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 the sort of main costs that yeah. are happening. Because obviously we've had to put our prices up mm -hmm. and people sort of say, well, I'm coming in and I'm paying between 10 and 15 pounds for a burger from you, Ben, now. Yeah. Um, when you first opened, it was a fiver. Yeah. You know, what's happened? It was like, well, there's a lot of things that have happened Agreed. in that time, um, which has led to it. And, you know, so firstly, big chunk of our wage, uh, our bill is wages, mm -hmm. right? So it's between, now that fluctuates, obviously, with how busy you are. Yeah. And also, your percentage fluctuates on how busy you are in terms of your, your numbers, but also how many staff you've got. Sure. So that's between 30 and 40%. Yeah. I would say that puts that. So let's call that 40%, right? Yeah. So you've got that. We had, last year, we had an increase in minimum wage. Good thing. I really want people to be earning yeah. more. But that was a blanket minimum wage that came in that brought in a 10 to 11% yeah. rise. Yeah. We've got another one coming in April, which I think actually for, especially for, they've abolished the, the young, one of yeah. the younger rates. That's going to bring in another huge sort of 10 15% rise, I think. So we have to plan for that. Yeah. Now, I am happy that this, you know, that we're having minimum wages. Yeah. I, I think that it's a really good thing. Um, and as a business owner, people might be like, well, no, I, you know, you might not be thinking that. It's like, no, but it is true. I yeah. want to see that happen. But what we're seeing is that it's squeezing um, the lower paid skilled workers. Yeah. So you're finding that, you know, with people coming in and doing a sort of unskilled job compared to somebody who's doing a skilled job, that's squeezed together. Yeah. So the incentive of coming and working and, and you know sort of working and gaining the skills when you can do something that's a little bit easier yeah. isn't always there. So we've got that to look at. We've got the fact that we've actually, because of all of this and everything that's gone into to Christmas and all of that, we've had to actually reduce our staffing number. Yeah. So from, I would say, 12 months ago, we are now, in terms of numbers of people, we are two-thirds of what we were yeah which you know that's five members of staff who are no who have not been replaced none of them have been got rid of mm -hmm. but when people have decided to leave or move on they just have not been replaced yeah, yeah. and you know so we're now doing the same amount of work um with less people yeah. now people could say oh well that's a really nice sort of your your you know you're working people properly and stuff like that it invariably actually falls on myself exactly. to pick up the slack, yeah. you know, um, and therefore, so my hours have massively increased. Yeah. I'm working on a six-day week at the coalface on my other day. I'm doing all my paperwork and stuff. Yeah. So I'm now, right now, I'm flat out doing a seven-day week. Yeah. Um, and that is to basically keep things going yeah. um, and to ensure that, you know, everybody at the end of it has got, you know, got a job. I think that's the problem though, isn't it? What irritated, what it does irritate me ongoing is, so I read um, a post, I think it was about the pig and whistle, and some 
Facebook champion had put on the post that, oh, but the owner will be all right and stuff. I'm like, I don't think you, Pamela French, fucking understand like how much work it takes to own a business like yours or a business like mine. Like sleepless nights. Like I have missed a lot of my daughter's childhood growing yep. up with that. And you know, but I've got to put it in because you've got inevitably the st- to your point now on the staff. You know, we've got people like Amy and things work, but she, she's like family. Like I give a shit about her well-being and that she gets paid on time and stuff. And inevitably, it falls on me to do it. A bit like you with your guys. Yeah, of course. And. You know, this this arrogance towards thinking everyone's a Rupert Murdoch who owns a small business really pisses me off. Because, you know, like, I've got everything I've ever earned in this business. Like, Same. Do you know what I mean? And, you know, this goes under, I'm fucked. So it's it's kind of this, this nonchalant attitude, like, oh, they don't care about staff. And it really irritates me because I'm like, but you, you don't see what hours I put in. You know, yeah. I'm up at 3 o'clock in the morning and, and stuff, and I work till 10. You know, it's... Same for yourself. It, that that approach, because inevitably, same with the, the increase on costs and things. It's you and I and other business that will take the hit. You know, I'll I'll flex my salary to accommodate the business's needs, as does Jennifer, and I'm sure you do. And it's but there comes a point of diminishing returns, isn't there? With that, yeah, so exactly. And you know, and that's just so that's one part of it as well. That's yeah. just the wages, yeah. right? Which we've seen a huge change of. Okay, so you've got, you've got that. We've then got the costs of our goods. So, you know, the raw ingredients, our ingredients, our materials, which we've seen the cost of living prices. Food inflation's been, you know, astronomical. We've never seen it this high. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, across the board, this has impacted us on everything. That's mean we've had to put up our rice, uh, price rises and things yeah. like that. Um, it also means that we've had to look around and shop in terms of what products we're going to be using and because we're a from fresh kitchen anyway, mm. I think what this means is that, you know, a lot of the time, if we're, it means a more substandard product maybe on certain things mm. that we, it's not something we want to use, yeah. but it's just certain prices have gone through the roof. It just means that it's unobtainable it's anymore. A pulling point, isn't it? And, and I think you have to, and we have to be very clever at how we use things to be able to create the awesome specials that we're doing yeah. and try and invigorate ourselves you know, we've got this box that we get every week from a company called Oddbox, which is random. Wicked, yeah, and it's yeah, cool. Yeah. And, yeah. and that in some ways, but it's a bit of veg. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And it would be really nice to sort of maybe get some other things like that going on. But I think to, you know, to begin with, we need to look at the fact that that if we're hitting our 70% GP, which is for the industry is the golden sort of bullet. Yeah. Um, that means that 30% of all of our, you know, our uh, sales goes on the cost of the product coming yeah. in, right? So we have to make sure we're hitting our GP. How do, how do you do that when the prices keep on, just keep on going up yeah. and up and up? You know, you have to be careful and you have to sort of look at menu changes regularly. Mm-hmm. You have to be flexible. You have to be clever with your, your sort of specials. And at the same time, I also am not in the sort of agreement that I want to fleece anybody. Yeah, you know what I mean? I don't, I, the whole premise of setting up the bear originally was almost a little bit of a protest behind why is it so expensive to go out and eat high quality food yeah. when you should be able to obtain high quality food, maybe a more simplistic approach to it in terms of burgers and fries and sort of like loaded things like that. But why does that have to be ridiculously priced? Because people care about it and it doesn't. Yeah. And so all the way through the bear has sat there trying to keep its pricing at a level which I think is not only competitive but totally fair. Yeah. So, so basically, to- totally fair with you know the way that we try to cost everything up and that we try to deliver a high quality you know product. Yeah. And so, at no point are we going out there thinking you know we're going to get something in really cheap and sell it for loads of money because you know and give people a substandard product. That is not what Bear Kitchen no. is about. You know, I get the enjoyment and our staff get the enjoyment from sort of watching people's faces light up yeah. with the fact that they've just experienced some sort of primal like hunger indulgence you yeah, know yeah, and it's, yeah, a, nice, it's amazing nice yeah, yeah, man. and and so so looking back we've got 30 percent uh, to 40 percent for our wages we've got 30 percent for our costs that's now this is all if we are cranking mm-hmm. and doing everything totally right yeah, yeah, okay yeah. then on top of that we've got 20 percent vat yeah right so we add 20% VAT. No, you just get 20% VAT. There's no, there's no real like yeah. answers for this. 
that's out. So we're at 90% now. We'll yeah. talk about the other 10% in a second, but let's talk about VAT now. This, yeah. for me, is a big, you know, it's one of the things that I think we could look at to really alleviate the strain on yeah. hospitality specifically, especially people like ourselves who create. Yeah. So we work from raw ingredients. We yeah. don't pay VAT on that. So as soon as I'm buying my ingredients, I'm not paying any VAT. As soon as I sell it out, I've made something into something, I've got to put that 20% charge on it. Mm -hmm. And it feels like we're the ones being squeezed because mm -hmm. if you have, say, a corporation or something that's buying, say, a ready-made lasagna yeah. or you know a can of pop or something, yeah. they're paying yeah. that VAT already. So they just get that back. Yeah. That's just built into their costs and their thing. Yeah. It just disappears from yeah. them. Whereas we get stung with it. Yeah. And obviously, it's something where once you start sort of putting that, I mean, our prices now have to be inflated hugely. It means that everything that we ever do, extra 20% on top of it. Yeah. And I just feel that it's something we need to really look at um, in terms of alleviating that pressure. Yeah. Now, I know that it's been for years, there's been a there's been talk about this. Yeah. You know, UK hospitality have spoken about it. I've got a campaign. I think there's petitions to government and all yeah. sorts of things about reducing it down to about 10% mm -hmm. for, you know, from fresh yeah. um, sort of in, like industry yeah, yeah, restaurants. Yeah. And I think that would have a huge, huge oh, impact yeah. instantly, overnight. You get 10% of all your retail back in. Yeah. So like and that would alleviate the pressure on the other 10%. Yeah. Now, I think this is it. It's like, that doesn't mean that 10% is gonna go directly into my back pocket and no. all of a sudden I'm sat here going, ah, oh, well, I'm you know absolutely loaded. What it does is it gives us the real flexibility. Yeah. And I think as well, it promotes basically training people in the industry, mm -hmm. creating places which do, which I'm passionate about, having from fresh food, yeah. because it's really sort of, the fact that we're blanketed in with those who have microwave-based foods and sort of unskilled kitchen teams, yeah. I don't think it's really fair. Yeah. You know, I think we are trying to create something that we believe to be healthy, yeah. that we're using real ingredients for, that we're supporting maybe local economy or the international economy with certain yeah. ingredients, but we're creating chefs in the kitchen who have got lifelong skills. Yeah. You know, we're creating like a good sort of like workforce that can go out there and sort of have good habits and understand, you know, how food works. And I think as a nation, we need to understand how food works. And that yeah. on that previous podcast, we spoke yeah, a little yeah. bit about that. But, you know, we're doing a lot of positives there. And I think, you know, in terms of the incentive from the government with that, there's none. No. There's none at all. I might as well just not bother. I might as well just get myself in there with a bank of 12 microwaves, yeah. order everything in, just get a bank of freezers yeah. and just ping it. Well, what annoys me, so you talk there about that, but let's let's just go back for, for maybe someone who might be uneducated about it. So talk me through your taxes. So you've got PAYE, yeah. staff's wages to pay. You've got your VAT on your retail sales. Yeah. You've got council tax on this building, business yes. rates. Yeah. So then any money you might make at the end of the year, you're paying corporation tax on yeah. because you're a business. And then you've got your personal tax as well. Yes. So for me, where the problem lies at the minute, is that I feel it's a very one-sided street. So the government has invested heavily into lots of different places for everyone's benefit through COVID and roads and schools and all this stuff, get it, right? But then as a business supporting that, when times are tough for me, where's the give and take? Because I know if I don't pay my VAT bill on time for whatever reason, we've had a tough month, I'm not getting reprised from that. I'm no. getting a kick. So I just feel... There's, it's funny, um, <clears throat> do you remember the David Cameron big community? Yeah. So I like the ethos, you know, <clears throat> I like the spirit of that. And I felt the shop local and that sort of comes back and forth into our lives throughout COVID and things. But I feel it's, it's very much a one-way street because for young Ben or the next Ben coming up or the next Al coming up, what's the incentive to start your own business? Because at the minute it feels very much like I'm getting hammered and I can't, there's, there's only certain levers I can pull to stop getting hammered. And like you say, it's you either increase the prices, you reduce the cost price, potentially damaging the product you sell, you reduce labor, maybe move your gas and lecky around, but you're not got a ton of savings there. But there's only so much you can physically do to yeah. 
you know, and again, especially for a business like yours, which to me goes back to that community thing, you know, you are only going to ever service a local geographic, aren't you? Yes. The people of Wakefield and surrounding areas with a great product and awesome ethos. And to me, that's that community vibe. So as a community, which the council is meant to service, I feel there should be some, I don't know what the answer is, but I feel there should well, be some back and I, forth. I feel like, uh, you know, to sort of like build onto that, I think there's, there is no real um, incentive for sort of, almost positive ethical practice yeah you know and that's the thing is like actually the fact that we get our energy from sort of a green supplier that we try to use sort of local independent yeah. businesses to, yeah. to help sort of supply us we support like community projects within Wakefield you know all of this is done on the basis that we think it's a good idea and we should be doing it yeah. but also if that was incentivized in some way, maybe from government or something, yeah. to promote positive sort of positiveness and yeah. you know community spirit, as you're talking yeah. about, that would go a long way to a lot of businesses starting to involve themselves in a lot more yeah. and being able to help their local communities yeah. and sort of and I, and I don't understand why we're not looking at this. Yeah. You know, it would be a very um, a good way of sort of, I think, you know, managing and helping some of the malaise that's happening, especially when we're going into a, a, a time when things like the high street as a whole is really struggling. Yeah, you know, yeah. we've got major problems across the board. That I don't really want to start b yeah. building into like, but I think society and this move into a more sort of internet-based sort of shopping and sort of the instant sort of access of our phones and things like that, We've got to ask ourselves a lot of questions about how we move forward through this yeah. um, and how we can sort of retain sort of a positive attitude and like sort of like looking at mental health, looking at the health of the nation and things like that. And I think it's a big, it's a big, big question. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think it would go a long way to have things where businesses, especially if you're putting back into the community or you're helping try to move things forward, get some sort of kickback or relief, yeah. you know, incentive to be able to do that. I agree. You see, I think there's a, there's a different, I was reading this article um, a while ago and it was around um, it was around this project this guy was, was floating and it made sense to me. Like you take a, a local community, so Wakey's obviously a bit bigger than a village or whatever, but basically said, right, Paul, if you want to bring in a chain into that, into that area, they have to pay a premium to come in. Because what what we're saying is there's there's a view that if you take a local community and go cool, we've got Ben and Ben wants to start an awesome burger bar that's going to be healthy and, and benefit the community. Well, he's a local resident that's going to employ more local residents and service the local residents. So we're going to help him by having reduced rates, whatever it is. But let's say Anando's wants to come to the area. Well, they're a national chain, they're a PLC, so they're going to pay to support his business they want to come to that area. And actually through that, you, you benefit creative people who you know might not necessarily be food, might be an art studio, might be a clothes designer, might be someone who makes hockey sticks, whatever. And, and that way then you get real local diversity in terms of products and ideas and, and different things is really fun. You still get an income because McDonald's will still want to come into that area. Yeah. And they will pay the price to come in there or you know an Asda or whatever. And that way then they're actually funding the residents to promote that growth because like we were saying earlier you know we've, we've both got younger children and and what does the world look like for them in skill sets you know I think it's getting harder and harder to start your own customer facing business that is not digital yeah and I think when my daughter's older I think it just won't be a thing to carry on down path so therefore their skill sets have to be digitally focused which if you don't want to do that it's hard isn't it because that's where you would naturally push it to get but I really like that ethos and I think actually to to push a council or a local place into that it's not a lot of effort no do you know, do you know what I mean and I think that is true it's you know inevitably why I would struggle to get my head around is it's community money they're spending because it's from the community but is it always beneficial to the community I mean, nice parks up get it but businesses are at the heart of that yeah they are and I think and I think it's not all I think if you're trying to create a positive, and I think this is the main thing, is like an ethical backbone to the business structure. Yeah. And I think that's where, you know, as 
if you were to turn around and talk to people and you say like businessman, you know, what's your, you know, your immediate sort of like view is like some guy yeah. in a suit who yeah, like fires that. people yeah. and, you know, and, and, and is there as a sort of um, an individual who's trying to extract as much money out of the situation as possible. Yeah. And, I, and, and that's, you know, that's not true, you know, and, and I think what it's trying to do is if we are able to actually um, create positive business practice where the community feels the benefit from it yeah. specifically and not I'm not talking about in these sort of like blanket oh we're help, helping the community scheme or anything like this I'm talking about actual individuals Great. I think it makes it makes a huge difference yeah, it does and it, I find it strange as well from you know like I've grown up around here the bulk of my life so you kind of think well what I want is you know for this community to do well and for things to for things to be interesting in this community to keep me in this community whereas if all i'm seeing is a carbon copy nando's cine world whatever sports direct then well i can live anywhere and have the same experience yeah. you know so it reminds me a little bit of uh, you know like i've got family in the states one of the reasons set up this yeah. is like you go, you go to the states and i was like down in florida and um I'm there and you literally drive down a road and every sort of four miles it just repeats yeah there's no real town yeah it's just like this linear repeating pat like pattern of like mcdonald's ihop public walmart. supermarket yeah, yeah, yeah. walmart kmart yeah. mcdonald's ihop yeah, and it's just yeah. like and that's all that happens yeah. and i feel like that's where we're going to start heading yeah i feel like you know with everything that we've been talking about already all this is pretty much is saying is that independent restaurants or business across the, the yeah. town is being absolutely squeezed out yeah. um, to support large corporate interests. Yeah. And we can't basically do anything about that um, while the government is not freeing up a little bit of funds or looking at sort of altering how taxation works. Yeah. And actually, you know, I'm supporting individuals who are going out there who are going to try to make a positive difference yeah. and that's for me is 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 the main sort of you yeah. know look and we you know going back to what we were talking about you know so we've talked about that's taxation and that's how the government could help through taxation Agreed. on small yeah. independence yeah. so we've got the wages right yeah. we've got the costs of product we've got the taxation with the VAT and other taxes as well that leaves us at the end of that with 10 percent yeah. right so that 10 percent out of that, I've got all my energy bills. I've got all my waste disposal. I've got any other sort of taxes that yeah. come out of it. I have got any it breaks down. You've got uh, yeah, kit. sort yeah. of anything like that. Out yeah. of that, ten percent, yeah. and that's also where I then have to take any money for myself out of it. Yeah. And pretty much what we've ended up with after all of that is that right now I'm not able to take any sort of money out of that because yeah. it's just not there yeah. you know and when you're looking at wage bills being able like going up so uh, wage bills sorry the fuel bills the, the um, energy bills have gone up so high that's just eaten that away yeah. um, and once again there's no help and in the news yesterday they're talking that that it's going to go up again because whatever's happening in the sort of the Red Sea around Yemen and stuff means that the energy we're entering into another energy crisis. Yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah, that's phenomenal. Yeah, oh no, it's it's uh, the 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 challenge the challenges on energy and things are. But again, it's this to me is like well, you you put into the pot for the community through your business tax and all this stuff. Well, as a business, that is a major thing that you cannot personally affect. You can't. You can shop around as much as you want. You can change your ingredients as much as you want. You can change your business model as much as you want. But you still need gas and electricity to run that kitchen. Yeah. So for me, that's where the community money should come back and it swings around about. And then, you know, your tax, that's what you're paying in for. I just feel there's a place, whatever industry it is, I know everyone faces challenges, but there should be times, a bit like the air industry during COVID, they got special discompensation, I don't the word is for that. And I just feel now's the time where restaurants, whether it be a VAT reduction or help the gas and electricity, that should come yeah. into effect. Because, but then I also, it was interesting chatting to a good friend of mine, big big Johnny Watson a while ago, and, and I, I think there's, there's something around that for, for core products like energy, there should be a nationalized approach where <laughs> as a nation, we're in charge of that price because it's a, you know, it's a basic living necessity or water, you know, all these things. And that's how we run it. And we run it 
as a nation with cap pricing and stuff. I, I just think trying to profit on core things that you would deem as a human necessities. Well, any public yeah. service, like look at the water situation, yeah. you know, yeah. in London and stuff with Thames Water, and it's like, and the, and the whole thing's set up on the premise of international groups having a vested in, uh, interest in it to get shareholders, to get the money out, for the company to go bankrupt, and then us, the taxpayer, to bail it out. Yeah, yeah, well yeah. done. Well, that yeah. system didn't work, yeah, did yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And it's that, and it is, you're right, that privatization of sort of core things, your, your sort of energy, your water, yeah. your utilities, you know, things like that, anything like that. Um, and I think it goes a little bit further, but, you know, in terms of things with the NHS and, yeah. you know, sort of, you know, the fact that, um, you know, school meals and things like this, and it's all been sort of privatised out. And yeah. I think, you know, at the, at the same time, I think what that leads to is if you were to look at a privatisation model which had basically they had to be not-for-profit, yeah. I don't have a problem with people going out and trying to create something, yeah. but trying to profit off the back of selling energy, something that we all need, I think is, is needless, I think, in today's society. Yeah, I, I agree. I think there's, there's something around the privatisation, the, the, that becoming a public service and publicly managed. Um, but it's, it's hard, isn't it? Because, again, you know, you... I think you get more exposed to these things when you're running your own business in, in terms of what you do and, and then how you manage it. But I, I think it's very difficult for people like yourself and, and our other customers and, and myself in things like energy, that where does that, go, where does that additional cost go? Like we used to pay, we used to pay roughly, we run a big industrial fridge freezer unit as you've seen, it used to cost us roughly a grand a month in electricity. Now we're paying the better part of £3,000. Yeah. In a two year time scale that's gone per month, I'm like, well, where does where do I find that money? Well, we're paying we're paying two and a half grand yeah, a yeah, month. Yeah, you know, it's it's, yeah. it's it's a lot. It's a huge amount, and that, and it went from one thousand five hundred a quarter. Yeah. to begin with. Yeah, it just it, it's hard to. I don't know. I mean, geez, I'm not the brightest kid on the block, but I'm kind of like I only again back to my levers. I only have certain levers to recover that cost. I either put my prices up to you, yeah. which inevitably then you can only charge. You know, you're either going to go somewhere else or. You know, yeah. you're going to have to find a subpar product. I can only push my suppliers so far on price before they're like, well, you don't listen to price, mate. Um, I either have to make some changes internally in terms of staff to try and recover that cost, or I don't know what I do. Like, well, well, I think that, and that's where we've got to, isn't it? Yeah. Is, you know, we've reduced staff. Yeah. We've shopped around for our products. Yeah. We've put our prices up. Yeah. We have done... Everything. Yeah. The fact we're still here, I think, shows that you know we've done the the right moves. Yeah, yeah. But the fact is, is that there's no long-term alleviation there. No. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's where we've got a major problem, and that's what we need. With you know, we need people from government, and genuinely. And if if you're listening to this and you're in the sort of like West Yorkshire area, Wakefield or Huddersfield or Kirklees or whatever, or Halifax-based and you want to talk to us about this, do. Because I think from a business point of view, we really need to have a conversation because we're gonna start dropping like flies, and we already are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think you're gonna start seeing whole swathes of people who are gonna start basically disappearing. And you know that's jobs, and that's livelihoods. And these are people who are individuals, do you know what yeah. I mean? It's, this isn't you know big corp corporations that can pull on sort of you know hedge fund investment and things like that. This is individuals who have got families which are directly affected from this and so we need to have policy from <clears throat> government yeah. or those involved at Westminster and on a local level yeah. um, to be able to drive this forward because otherwise I think we're starting to look at a wildfire that's starting spe specifically I understand it in hospitality yeah. and it's going to spread yeah. and you know and from that you're just going to end up with wreckage yeah. And, there's, and all your high street's going to be is going to be that linear thing of the same oh, shops and, yeah. the, you know, limited choice. But then and it's, it's the, for me, it's the longer term, you know, like if you think some of the lads and girls that you've had through your kitchen, what they've learned here, how you've allowed them to create and be creative and then potentially what they go on and do with that skill set, either here or start their own little joint or whatever. Like that's really cool. Like yeah. that, that makes you different. It makes Wakefield different. It makes whatever they do, wherever they do, it's yeah. different. And I think, it's, like you say, it's that impact. Because if you have to close your doors, God forbid, where are they going? Nando's? 
Agamamas, you know, there's nothing wrong with those places, but they follow a strict criteria yep. in terms of how they cook. And they, I doubt they'll have the flair or the learning that you would give them. Um, you know, I, I just think that to <coughs> me is the bigger crime in terms of potential loss. Well, you, you, your potential loss of, for, from the workforce and from creatives and it's sort of, I think, and it all stems down to things like mental health. Yeah, I agree. You know, when we're working into a world, well, we're, we're sort of walking into a world where things like mental health is a really big thing. And we look at that and we know it's a crisis that we're not dealing with properly. And it's something that we really need to look at again. And you give people the opportunity to be able to embrace their creative side. You give people the opportunity to learn loads of skills. Um, and be able to take that on for the rest of their lives. And you could like set up their own restaurant or you know, work with other people and sort of really build, you know, and that then transcends onto their children and it's, you know, proliferates basically. Yeah. And I think, and it, it sounds so almost like sort of I'm stood on my like high stool talking about it, but it's true. Yeah, yeah. You know, these kids, you know, we work with all sorts of types of people. Yeah. You know, we've got people, guys who have come out of prison. We've had guys who have like grown up on the streets yeah. and stuff like that. And part of the ethos is to give people, like I had for myself, a focus to be able to do a job, to be able to be sort of proud of what you do yeah. and sort of understand that, you know, with that, you can build a life. Yeah. And while I feel like there's a tourniquet on us now yeah. to be able to do this, and actually, you know, as you said, what's going to happen with these people if we go under? You know, is somebody going to take over this role? Probably not. Why would you want to? Yeah. Why would you want to get involved now in this? Yeah. You might as well go and work for Nando's yeah. and earn 35 grand a year, happy days, yeah. and fill out a form every day. Oh, but there is. I mean, like, <clears> I, I don't know how you feel, but... I went from you know fairly successful career and fairly stable job within food but selling to the supermarkets and things to, to this and the amount of stress recently this has brought me I'm kind of like well like you know and I don't want to feel like because I've had seven years of ups and downs I've learned a hell of a lot I've worked with some wicked people I've met some wicked people like yourself and which I wouldn't have had that opportunity but then sometimes you look at it and you're like I'm not you know I, I don't see where bar stress where I've benefited you know it's <clears throat> well I'll tell you right now I'm I financially I have definitely not benefited oh, no, you know yeah, I'm yeah. I'm in a much much yeah. more difficult situation now than I, I've been on yeah. uh, for for many 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 years yeah and I think you know I've got three kids at home and you know I've had to sort of you know I take a minimal wage yeah I take I'll, I'm quite happy to say I take 200 pound a week yeah that is it yeah and you know, and I'm putting in 50, 60 hours yeah. for that. Yeah. And that's so I can keep it going. And that's because one, there's an element of pride. Yeah. I also feel that it's a good thing to keep going. Yeah. But on the same time, it's also because there isn't another option. Yeah, I don't have thing. another option. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and we need to, we really, really need something to happen yeah. um, pretty quickly. We've yeah. got an election coming up. Yeah. You know, let's sort of, let's see in if we can actually start changing things down the road. And I'm not saying about giveaways. Yeah. I just think we need people to start being clever and start looking at the situation yeah. and basically trying to support those who are a little bit squidgy. I think it needs to be a bit more business specific, doesn't it? Because, you know, if like you say, so I don't know what, say potentially there's a third at risk or something in terms of independent hospitality over the next 12 months in terms of ongoing costs and stuff. Well, what's that mean for the general economy? And then I know they're not a Boeing and they're not a EasyJet or whatever, but for me, the risk of job losses and loss of creativity and loss to the community, you know, I imagine you've got some people who rely on you for food and they did yeah. during COVID, you know, and that will probably continue. And, and I'm sure that's true for quite a lot of independent outlets. And it's, it's like, well, what's that impact overall? And then is there not a case to be said, well, if we don't invest in, independent hospitality or whichever business there, I'm sure there's other businesses struggling out there as well then what does that mean you know I think there needs to be less blanket covering and more independent case-by-case -case basis as industries that's I suppose where I'll be yeah and I think I, I, I agree and I think there's a side of it where people like government will say well that's going to be too expensive and it's going to be yeah. difficult to sort of manage and stuff like that but I think if you've got a system where you do that based on things like Universal credit and yeah. stuff like that. Why? Why can't it exist? Yeah. For a, on a business level. Yeah. Um, 
And also at the same time, it's like we sit here and we've spoken about, you know, all of the things, like the amount of money that we're paying in taxation, the way it's sort of like, in fact, like sort of affected our prices, the way it's affected the fact that we've had to reduce our staffing, sure. all of this. And then you look at the large multinational corporations who, due to their size, weight, and sort of understanding, are able to loophole loads of stuff yeah, yeah. and are able to play the system because the system is inherently made for them to play, yeah. to play the game. Easy, yeah. And we really need to look at a way of stamping that out because I think, as you said, if you had it so that the big multinationals were helping to prop up the bottom level, a yeah. little bit like how, say, the football league works yeah. you know, with the top premier, and it could work even greater yeah. than that. But like sort of really investing in grassroots, individual creativity, which leads to real people yeah. and actually helps us create positive people, tries helps us create a, a better society and better communities for us. And that's where it's going to lead. Yeah. And, you know, without sort of without that intervention, it's going, it's start, it's already starting to disappear. So we need to do something soon. Oh, no, I, t I totally agree. And it's, it's a. It's an interesting thing because I always think food is food is a forgotten subject of our nation. You know, like with the I don't remember the bird's eye. It was a bird's eye, the horse meat scandal thing a good few oh, years yeah. ago. Yeah, like but I because I, I, I was working in FMCG at the time and I felt there was a real lack of knowledge from people I knew in terms of they were disgusted how this had happened. I'm like, how do you think you get a burger to you know ten burgers for a quid or whatever it was? With being all cow, you know, like they've got a the farmer's got to be involved in that supply yeah. chain, the cow's got to grow, there's veterinary bills in there, and that's before you start getting a, an abattoir and then the supermarket making money and bird's eye making money, or whoever it was. Um, you know, and, and I think there's a real disconnect there. And again, I think there'll be a disconnect with if people like yourselves, us, and things eventually go because it's not worth it anymore, then all you're left with is. Uh, Waggers and Nando's, and yeah, they do great stuff, and but it's not it's not innovative, and you're not learning about things like the way you you, you do your little videos or like the odd box, you know, like where people will take ideas from that and yeah. stuff and try different things, and and I just think there's a there's a real loss there that again people in this country forget about food. Um, someone I was chatting a while ago was saying, you know, this whole during COVID support local that quickly got forgotten. Oh yeah, you, you know, and and I, I get it from the from a cost of living perspective. You know, all of a sudden, if I'm worried about paying my electricity and gas, I'm not worried about buying organic as much. And I get that. Um, but I think there's a again, it's that back to that community spirit and how do I want my community to look in the next ten years? Yeah. Do I want it to be full of high street brands or do I want it to have independent creators? And and I think that's I I, to, I totally totally agree with that. And I think it, it's quite scary. Yeah. Um, when you look at the sort of the big corporate brands, you know, compared to when I was a kid, say, and that sort of growth up yeah. through the 80s and 90s um, to a point now where, you know, they're, they're everywhere. You know, you look at, you know, the big boys, McDonald's and Subways yeah. and KFCs, and they're, and they're everywhere from a food point of view, and that's fast food. Mm -hmm. But there's now there's all the new, like, there's the higher, like, echelon above yeah, that, as guys, you say, like, Wagamamas yeah, yeah. and Five Guys and stuff. And, you know, as you said, you know, they, they produce good things um, in terms of sort of a quick, sort of consistent product. Yeah. But where I get, like, with my view on food and stuff is that, but it's not totally fresh. Yeah. It's, you know, a lot of it now, if we start looking into things to do with food production and we're looking at sort of uh, the ultra-processed mm -hmm. foods and yeah. things like that, you've really got these companies who invest into the conglomerates that produce them. Yeah. So they're all created, they're all part of the food, the same food system, and they want you to buy this food. And arguably, you know, and a lot of research is coming out, that it is actually, especially the ultra-processed foods, are addictive. Mm -hmm. They are made to be addictive. Yeah. And I think while we're sort of sat there sort of proliferating these businesses, selling this addictive you know, product out there without any warnings, yeah. um, and at the same time, sort of hamstringing small independents who are trying to cook from fresh sure. and trying to create a, like a, a like a really nice, totally from scratch raw material product. Yeah. 
you know, like to the point where we're looking at, I was watching some stuff, we're looking at making our own stock cubes now. Nice. So we're going to be making our own like homemade stock cubes yeah. to be able to do things because it's a really good way of using up sort of trim and things yeah. like that. And that's the level I want to take us to. But, but then, but just that point then, brother, like, so you've got what, five, six guys in the kitchen? Yeah. Roughly? Yeah. So over the next 10 years, you're going to have, what, maybe another 20 people come through that kitchen who will learn how to do that. Yeah. They ain't learning how to do that at an Ando's or, no. you know. And, and, you're, and, and you're gaining skill sets. Yeah. And it's a skill set that people need. Yeah. And we, you know, we, as you said, you look at your children, you say, well, what sort of jobs or industries are they going yeah. into? Um, hospitality, I don't think is going to disappear. No. But we're, we're at a point where we can choose yeah. with what style of hospitality yeah. you know where do you as a customer get more enjoyment do you get enjoyment walking into bear kitchen with me going hey guys how are you doing yeah, yeah, i'm yeah. like oh like how are you how's your wife how's the kids yeah, you know that sort of thing yeah. real customer understanding yeah. um or is it that sort of quite faceless sort of multinational yeah, company yeah, on a screen yeah yeah, yeah you don't yeah, even yeah. get a person anymore. Yeah, yeah yeah oh no i agree brother and i think that's a that's the thing, isn't it? Again, so what I like about is, um, so obviously we're big in Japanese and that's my kind of passion. So, you know, I like that. I can introduce someone to a ramen bowl, for example, there in terms of Wagamama, but then they can go on their own little journey. They can go house food and leads, which is house food and leads, which is fucking awesome. Yeah. You know, they, they can do, you do different things out again like that. You know, they can try different things, but I think if at the end of the day, all you're left with is a Wagas or styles or Wagas, then that's, all you're left with is entry level. It's sad. It's, yeah, you know. Whereas I think what I like is the creativity. I mean, you know, I, for example, my mum and dad used to really like Wagamama's, but then took my house full. Wagamama's a piece of shit in comparison. Do you know, like, and it's just it's that it's that experience and that life experience of finding new things. Yeah. That I think is a community you need to protect, whether that be clothing or anything retail based or food service based or whatever. I think it's just keeping that creativity going. Otherwise. You, you just and individualism yeah. you know we sort of we promote the fact of things like the internet and the fact we can all be individuals now yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that but what's happening is i feel like it's just becoming this like homogenous yeah. mass yeah, yeah, yeah. of like sort of removing any sort of individuality and, and there's a side of it where people are almost penalized if they if they try to sort of start thinking or yeah. want to stray a little bit and you know over time hopefully if we see these positive moves we will find more restaurants. You know, I'm hoping that over time, with that sort of 25, 30 guys who we've trained up, they all go off, they do open up their own places, yeah, yeah. you know, they've got their own sort of experience, yeah. they try to, you know. But then so that's putting back in the community again, because yeah. then you've got 30 potential restaurants who are gonna employ another five people per restaurant, who are then gonna go and open another 30 yeah. restaurants. And so the chain continues. Yeah. And, and they get taught properly. Exactly. And, and, and I think that's, you know inherently from the chef point of view is my main thing is I want people to come in and go yeah we're gonna make our own stock cubes yeah. you know we're gonna make our own stocks we're gonna make sauces from scratch you know yeah. we're, we're making pasta this week yeah. you know and that yeah. sort of stuff and it's like and we're not a Michelin star restaurant no. and we're not claiming to be at no. all but we do really awesome stuff from scratch yeah and you know and those young guys in there who are learning those sort of skills they will take that away with them and it's a little, you know, and it's amazing. And it's amazing yeah. to watch the sort of enthusiasm, but especially the, with... The need, the world needs more bends because if they learn that, and I'm not saying they don't learn anything at Waggers or whatever, but what they're not going to see is a guy who took a risk, started his own place, and they think, fuck it, I can do that. Yeah. Do you know, and that's, that's the difference because if all you work for is multinationals, you get the whole dad chat of, be safe, son, you know, like make the right decision don't take risk yeah. and i think you need people like yourself who are out there going we'll take a risk you know what ben did it i'm gonna go yeah and that without that they might learn different skill sets or similar skill sets or whatever elsewhere but it's that that inspiration almost that and, and and it it means we need help yeah. you know if you want if people want more of like what i'm doing and yeah. people like what you're doing and, yeah. and sort of like if we want to have more of that individuality and that sort of creative passion and creating passion in people people aren't i think some people are born with it but also you can instill passion and understanding and love for something yeah, yeah, yeah. and and i think the thing is if you can actually start creating places where that happens 
but we need help. Yeah. We're not going to be, we can't do it in the current climate. You know, well, we can, but it's, it's very difficult and we're surviving. Yeah, yeah. We're peddling like absolute mad. Yeah. And as I said, you know, I said in a little uh, video I did last week, if we don't start seeing, you know, sort of changes, you know, by the end of the year, we might not be here. Yeah, and that's, yeah, the, and that's no, the truth. I think that's true for, for a lot of ourselves included, you know, I think, because again, we're, our wagon is very closely hitched to yours, you know, so yes, we can do good customer service and we can have the right products at the right prices and stuff, but inevitably, if the consumer is not spending their money with our customers, we're, we're down the, we're down yeah. the daisy chain, you know, of, of that effect. Um, so that's very much at the forefront of our minds in terms of, you know, we, we review, we about to do a big announcement around some, some big new stuff for launching, but it's, um, that is very much dependent on you having bums on seats. Yes. To, you know, be in, to utilize those products. And, and also I don't want to get down <coughs> the thing of like, you know, sort of almost blaming our customer base and saying, no. well, you're not coming out no, and no, eating yeah. with us yeah, because yeah. at the same time, I think a lot of, you know, a lot of people do, and we, we do have a very loyal and awesome yeah, customer, yeah, yeah, yeah. customer base. But it's the fact of the matter is, is it, it comes down to, you know, that choice that yeah. people have, have, you know, you can choose to, go and put your money into something that is real with real people behind it yeah. or you can do it on a big big level yeah. and you know right now i think we need to really start looking at making those choices where you know that that money is directly impacting absolutely. somebody yeah. who you know or your community yeah no absolutely. And, you it's know, experience as well you know, mcdonald's that. is not going to close down overnight no 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 absolutely and i, I think again you know i feel for because it's it's hard isn't it like Again, you know, everyone, myself included, I suppose you're making choices of where you're spending that money and how much you can afford to spend. Yeah. But I think it's around, what I like about our customers like yourselves and old Georges and, and White Hearts this world and things is that I know that I come here and I have an awesome experience, it's awesome food, and you know, you bring the farm, it's good memories for the farm and all this sort of stuff. And I think that to me, I'd rather have, if I was buying a Mackey's every week, not that I do, or a Starbucks or whatever, I'd rather not have as many of them and have a once a month, you know, whatever yeah. it is. And I think that it's more around less frequency of choice, but it's the right choice at the right time. But I, to your point earlier there, I feel as a world, you know, we're very much instant hit. I know if I want something, I can order on Amazon today and I'll have it tomorrow. Yeah. You know, and eventually that will become, I order today and I get it today. That's where it's going to go. And I think if people want, I remember as a kid, um, going out for dinner was a once a month thing. Yeah. Oh best it was like, your birthday <coughs> exactly yeah and whereas i feel now it's it's which is it's been great for our industry but then equally i think if you if times are going back in time a little bit then it's around pick the right the right experience with your yeah. cash not a continual experience of cheap money because you get cheap product yeah at the end of the day so then looking at your menu then what lies ahead in this climate what, what are you thinking of doing? What's, what's so basically, I think we're we're one we're looking at consolidating with the menu. It's like we're really like we've always looked at changing sure. um, every sort of six months. So we're looking at March. I think we're not going to do anything too wild. Mm -hmm. We're just going to consolidate it down. We're just going to tweak a couple of little things, um, and we're going to have to obviously look at that. And then our main thing is just really is the the specials. Yeah, and really keeping this sort of rotating sort of specials menu which allows us to sort of be quite creative. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, so we're sort of looking at that. We're looking at, uh, we've got like a lunchtime munch box thing that's going out. So it's 10 pounds now. You get like a, basically a burger and then a home fries and salad and nice. a drink for a tenner. Nice. And it's enough, you yeah. know, or some wings and sort of like some nuggets or something yeah. with, uh, with fries. So some little lunchtime stuff. We're looking at just making sure, mainly pushing our social medias and stuff like that. Yeah. That's our that's our view is to try to sort of invigorate people and just so people understand. Come out, support your sort of local businesses, get some awesome food, come and say hello to us. Yeah. Um, and you know this year I think is going to be sort of make make or break really, yeah, yeah. and. and you know, I, uh, I don't really want to be sat here maybe in six months having the same sort of conversation. I think we need to really get it so people understand the severity. Oh, and yeah. it's like, you know, we're talking about, it's the tip of the iceberg right now. With what's happening with this hospitality, with the businesses that yep. are struggling, it is the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. And I think, you know, you know, I've invested my entire life into this yeah. industry and into this uh, business. 
and you know and I think I'm trying to keep as positive as I, I am I'm trying to be a positive person by training and sort of creating and sort of you know bringing all that passion and love that I do genuinely have for it all um, but eventually if you know if we run out of money because there is no more money if we start seeing a slow steady decline in, in customer confidence as we've we've started to see yeah. then you so know I'll turn our shit around I mean but then this is this is the point just touching on that like what I found I mean we've been through tons we've been through staff dramas we've been through floods we've been through COVID we've been through everything but the last three months has been the toughest in terms of trying to stay positive but it's um I'm kind of like fuck it man let's do rock and roll like that that's yeah. what you got that's the approach you've got to take with it. and I think that's where going back to what we were originally saying there what irritated me the most and I think it was a pig and whistle comment some some guy had put on around oh the owners will be all right and, stuff. and I'm like you have no fucking idea bro like no. what this takes so um <laughs> you know it's easy to sit there and say all these things but to do it and to keep pushing yeah that's, that's yeah what takes you know to be able to support a three three kids yeah. a car a house try to keep positive try to be sort of an awesome teacher yeah. trying to create new things for 200 quid a week yeah you ask me what maniac does that yeah, yeah, yeah. what about yeah i'll tell yeah, you yeah, it's yeah, me yeah, yeah, yeah. but at the same time that can only be sustainable for so long yeah and you know and and that has happened the whole way through yeah. you know i've not at any point turned around and been on sort of a nice holiday or anything since yeah. i've done this business yeah, because yeah. of one basically jumping from one crisis to the other over the last seven years yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, most like literally most of them nothing to do with us yeah. or any impact it is being a case of just pedal 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 and that's that's testament to you though dude like i think that's that's the thing what i like about the, the customers we work with is everyone is grit like you know we don't work with any chain of sorts so everyone is independent everyone's grittier in their own way and i think covid kind of made a broken a lot of the time and i think I kind of keep going back to that. It's like we've we've equally been through disaster after disaster. I'm just the most unluckiest dude in the world. Yeah. But it's um, but fuck it, man. Like we've come this far, I ain't come this far, I come this far. So it's but then I still think, mate. You know your your principles, your ethics, your food is wicked. Like your menu changes and and the specials keep on that bro and yeah well amazing. that's it and you know i want to thank everybody out there like all the customers and yeah. all those people who have supported us and we're just saying you know sadly we just want more yeah. we want we want more new regular customers we want people to be coming out we want people to be talking about us and to create that buzz and not just us but other independents as yeah, well yeah, yeah. and go out and if you have that choice between going somewhere where you know that it is run by local people, for local people, make that choice, Absolutely. you know, over the big boys. Because the big boys will still be here. Yeah. The little guys, you know, we're the ones who are peddling, yeah. trying to create positivity. Yeah. And, you know, so please come out and support us. Oh, I'm sure. And that will. helps you. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. All day, it helps everyone, bro. Yeah. I mean, like, but this is the thing, like, you know, the, the food experience we get here versus the five guys, it's just, it's different level. Like, you know, and again, like you say, yes, you know, Michelin star, but the food's fucking bang. Like, I, I don't know anyone who's eaten here and had a bad experience. Like, yeah, it's just, it's, it's just fucking fine. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, listen, brother, you know, I feel, I feel you paying that. I'm sure a lot of people out there will as well, but yeah, you know. Yeah, and I think the thing is, is we're going to keep, keep positive, yeah. you know, and, you know, hopefully we'll start seeing some positive changes. And if you are involved in government or anything, please contact us and have an actual chat because I feel like we're actually in this industry, we're being ignored right now. Yeah. And it is a genuine thing that we need to sort out because otherwise it's going to be wreckage out there. And I'm not actually joking or being over no, the top. No, it's it's, it's going to be, it's going to be horrible. And I understand there are some tough choices that people have to make at government level, but you're looking at a huge part of our sort of our industry, yeah. a huge industry on the whole. And, you know, come out, talk to us, and actually let's work out what we can do to make this a bit easier for people. Preach, brother. Thank you. No, brother, love you. It's yeah, awesome. cheers, buddy. Um, yeah. And guys, come down and support Bear Kitchen. And Ben is awesome staff, awesome food. You will not find another burger like it. It's wicked. And all the specials. Um, yeah. Follow them on social, Instagram. Yeah, all of that stuff. Yeah, Instagram, um, so yeah, Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. You know, we put up little videos. We're starting up a little YouTube channel with like some of the videos and stuff Wicked. going on there. So yeah. just keep us, keep us in. Pop down, say hello, and uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing you in 2024. Awesome, guys. Cheers, guys. See you soon. Bye.
Thank you for joining us on another Chef Life podcast. Uh, I've been your host, Alistair. If you'd like to learn more about our business, uh, you can visit us at www.cottagefoodsltd.com. Uh, give us a follow and a like on Instagram, and we'll see you soon. Thanks.